But it is that time of year again. Corn chopping season. You've probably seen the trucks out there. Hauling corn. Trying not to get stuck in the mud. But what is all this corn stuff about anyway? Well, I'm always reminding people on the program, people who aren't uh, connected necessarily to farming in Whatcom County, that corn, no, it's not for people to eat. It's for cows to eat. This is all about keeping uh, the, especially the dairy cows of Whatcom County well-fed, healthy, producing lots of milk, happy, all that good stuff. That's what this corn is about. And uh, trust me, you'll know about that the minute you go out into the field and, and try to grab one of those ears and, and eat it. You'll be like, ooh, this is kind of just blah. You know, it's it's for cows, not for, not for people. Different than sweet corn, field corn, as we call it. Welcome back. We continue here on The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm your host, Dylan Hahn, Laurel Farm and Western Supply, along with McAvoy Oil and Farmers Equipment Company are our sponsors. Big thank you to them. Uh, if you do business with any of those folks, please say thank you to them when you get the chance um, for, for sponsoring and, and supporting this program. Now, we wouldn't be here on the air talking about local farming without their uh, support. Again, McAvoy Oil, Laurel Farm and Western Supply, and Farmers Equipment Company. So this is a corn that's being chopped. And again, it's being chopped in, in that they're not just harvesting it for the ear like they would for, you know, in the Midwest, harvesting corn for human consumption. They're chopping that m- whole plant or most of it. Uh, because it all gets turned into feed for cows. And joining us right now is a, a local farmer. He's a dairy farmer, TJ Veenacres. He's a berry farmer, uh, as well as an independent nutritionist. Uh, John Vanderveen, welcome to the program. He's also my former football coach. Um, so I'm going to have a hard time not calling you coach uh, this morning, John. Thanks for being here on the program. What's the key to, I mean, th- this is kind of when some decisions have to be made, when people are are deciding when to chop their corn, what they're looking for, what's going to give them the most milk? What's going to give them the healthiest cows? What what are they aiming for as far as having, because that's kind of the, the core of, of the total mixed ration that they're feeding their animals is the, the corn and the grass that they've been harvesting, right? Right. That's right. And good talk with you, Dylan. Um, yeah, it has been a while uh, since you were out there running around out there in that <laughs> football field. But, uh, yeah, you're seeing a lot of corn going up right now. And uh, corn is one of those staples in the diets that, uh, you know, first of all, it's just the palatability factor that uh, those cows just love. And it's yeah. the aroma. And don't, yeah. don't underestimate that ever. And uh, But what does corn bring to the diet? It, the big thing that we're looking for in corn is starch. And last year was a perfect example of uh, what happens when we don't have those high starch levels. And, mm. and uh, many farmers struggled um, with, because of that. And that was just because a lot of that corn got put in too late. We didn't get the heat units. Then we had the that uh, that smoke that just kind of drifted there for yeah. a while that kind of blocked the sun. So, you know, there's a few things that led to that. But uh, the number one thing that we're looking for in corn is the starch. Because if we can get that starch level up, we can lower the amount of corn, which is the other starch source that we feed, in the in the total diet. Well, let's let's talk about the smoke then. Just I mean, because there's so many different angles here to cover as far as what uh, turns into good feed and good milk and happy cows and all of that on, on Whatcom County dairies. But did the smoke affect us this year like it did last year? I know corn got in a bit earlier this year. It wasn't the earliest year ever, but things went 
relatively well and better <laughs> this planting season than than the year before but then we still had that smoke how, how are things shaking out how are the fields looking what are you hearing out there well it's a little bit early but from what i have seen so far i've taken i think it's at three or four samples and every one of those samples have been over 25 percent starch hmm. compared to last year um i don't think i've seen anything get over 25 percent out of whatcom county that wow. is so the fact that we got it in earlier this year made a huge difference. So did the smoke have an effect this year? Uh, maybe a little bit, but certainly, um, you know, the fact that we got corn in the ground much earlier made the, the biggest difference yeah. there. Well, and that uh, is a reminder then when we come around to next uh, planting season is like, well, ah, we know what happens if we uh, dilly dally too long. And usually it's up against the weather that, that we're, we're stuck on, on how soon we can plant around here. But uh, extra motivation because we, we can see clearly again this year how much it pays uh, to get that corn in on time and, and for that first part of the season to go really well. Now, the smoke affects it just by reducing the amount of sun that the corn gets right because you said the plant's very sensitive to how much how many heat units it needs yep yep you know that was just one one fraction of it last year uh this year tonnages are going to be up you know uh, a lot of guys are telling me that and i've i've had the exact same thing uh the tonnage being down we've already had to dip into uh, some of our, our grasses that uh, we would normally feed over the winter months. And, and we we fed out a large portion of it because of uh, the, just trying to sh make that corn silage stretch just a little bit longer because nobody really had the money to go out and buy corn silage unless they absolutely had to. Yeah. Well, and that's the double whammy with a year like last year. If your corn crop isn't great, maybe your grass isn't really great. Prices are down. You know, there's market pressure. And then on top of that, you know, we we're having things like bugs last year. I mean, how much did that play into some of this issue, too? Because I know a lot of people had poor pollination because of this Western corn rootworm uh, in their corn crop last year. Well, that on top of the uh, spider mites. Nobody's yep. really talked about that. Yep. But uh, in, if you're a raspberry farmer, you know what spider mites can do yep. to your plant. And we've seen that. I think that was underestimated last year on what impact it had. And you've seen some of these fields, and they look like they were drought. Uh, you know, be a, they were affected by the drought, the heat that came uh, late in the summer. But it turned out it was actually the spider mites that were just going in and sucking the chlorophyll out of the plant, and they were. They were just brown, even yep. though the moisture was right up there at 70%. You would have looked at it and said, hey, that stuff is going to be down in the low 60s. In fact, it was right up there. But because of the color, uh, which the spider mites just did, you know, took its toll on it. And how much did that affect the quality? Um, you know, you'd have to ask somebody that's uh, more of an expert on that because this is the first time we've ever really had to talk about it. Mm -hmm. John Vanderveen with us, uh, independent uh, dairy nutritionist here in the community, as well as a dairy farmer himself and a, and a raspberry farmer. Um, so, I don't know, as far as things go, last year not so great. Hopefully this year shaping up to be a bit better all in all. Are we getting better at this game in Whatcom County? Are we getting worse at it? Are we getting more and more problems thrown? I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. What's your sense of, of uh, the trend here? Oh, we're getting better at it. Um, what's interesting this year is, is we all know as dairymen that the longer that corn silage sits in the bunk, the better it gets. So hmm. ideally, we want to put corn silage up and let it sit for, for two months. And what it does, it just increases the digestibility of the starch and all the other nutrients that go along with it. But what I've noticed this year, myself included, 
being that we're out of corn, guess what? We don't have that luxury. So we jumped right into it. I mean, that stuff yep. was put up in the bunk, and the next morning, we're feeding it out already. And, and typically, you will see cows take a hit. And this year, the cows, I, I, I've heard this from a, a couple different places, not all, but the, the production actually went up. So it tells hmm. you right now, uh, it looks like we're going to have a better corn silage than what we had last year. You know, Even as, though it hasn't had time to ensile hardly or anything. Exactly. Wow. And I think one of the nutrients that we uh, we don't talk a lot about, but it's the sugar. The sugar is an important component, and uh, that's where guys do get themselves in trouble. They they want to get that that moisture down because nobody wants to see that stuff run off, and everybody's worried about the sugar running out of the pit, down into the drain, or mm-hmm. or out into a ditch. And uh, those are legitimate concerns. But that sugar is important for the fermentation. It's also important as a as a feed nutrient. And, uh, you know, it contributes to the palatability. Uh, years ago, you know, you talk about, are we getting better at this? And uh, there was, a, was an aggressive custom operator say, hey, we got to get this corn silage up drier. Hmm. And I remember guys were trying to get that stuff down there in the low 60s. Now, uh, most corn silage is in years past, you know, it was going up 70, 75% moisture. And that's extremely wet. So, yeah, it kind of made sense to put this stuff up drier. Mm-hmm. But what we noticed is, is as the stuff got drier and the cows were going down in milk mm-hmm. and it was like, what, what's going on here? The starch levels were up there. And I had guys that were feeding greener corn that had a lower starch level, but the production was going up. And uh, Dr. Mike Allen from Michigan State, uh, he posted something on this. This goes back 20 years ago, but mm-hmm. there's a, a dairy forum called Dairy Elk. And what he said, uh, it just it really struck me at that time was, you guys are missing the boat. You're, you're, you're missing the fact that that sugar is now no longer in that plant. When you let that stuff dry down, yeah, that sugar is going to go back down into the root system, mm. and it's not going to be there to help that stuff uh, ferment like we like to see. So it's a balancing act. It's not about just trying to get that uh, real low moisture percentage, you know. And, and everyone's interested in their dry matter content, which is a, a different way of measuring a similar thing. Um, but but you're saying you got to be careful there not to get your corn too dry because drying it out, you're just losing a big part of the nutrient. Exactly. Another thing that uh, doesn't get talked a lot about is uh, prolamin. That is a, uh, well, as corn starts to mature and as it starts to dry down, uh, there's a component in there that it, it's trying to protect the starch within that, that kernel. And this prolamin will start to thicken. And as it thickens, it makes that starch less digestible. And uh, this goes back probably half a dozen years ago. And, and uh, there was a lot of this, what they call flint corn. It's corn that would not dent. And uh, along with that, they had what they called stay green corn. And you drive by the field and you say, hey, that field, that, it's a long ways off from being uh, ready to chop. But then you get in there and you, you break those, those ears in half and you look at the kernels and, and what do you notice? Well, hey, there's no dent. But when you try to poke it with your finger, that stuff was rock hard. Hmm. And so it would fool you because you thought, well, from the road, it, it's not ready to go. Then you get in there and uh, you find out, hey, this stuff is, is a, it needs to be chopped. It should have been chopped weeks ago. And uh, again, this is where uh, uh, one other expert in the field was uh, pointing out. This goes back a few years ago. He said, hey, this is what you're seeing is that you're losing your starch digestibility. And that's because of the prolamin in the corn. And it's one of those things that we're going to start to hear more about as you read, uh, you know, some of these uh, agronomy magazines and literature. Mm-hmm. 
So you're exactly right. We can get this stuff too dry, and I would caution guys from doing Wait, that. The other when, when, when you're talking about the, the you know prolam and the different things in corn, a lot of this comes down to variety, right? And the, the genetics of the corn. And this is why people are are stressing about well, you know, which varieties do I go with? Even you know, there's of course talk about brand name and how many day corn, uh, but then other different qualities like a, a BMR corn or a brown mid rib corn, and that that all has to do with this digestibility issue, right? You're, you're exactly right. And it gets tough to, to keep up with that because every year they're coming out with something different. And you may have a favorite variety that you've used for, let's say, the last couple, three, four years. And now, boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And now you got you to gotta go out and select another one. And so you, you kind of in, in some respects, you're starting all over again. So you put a lot of trust and faith in uh, what your agronomist is telling you, um, your nutritionist, and, and as well as other dairy farmers. So what is the key? I mean, uh, we talked about this at corn planting time. I had Clay Pell on uh, from from CHS, and, and he was talking about all the, you know, I've had my cousin Lance on too with Ellen Boss Agronomy, kind of the, the really complex matrix of, of decision-making that has to happen at, at that time. And people are already starting to think about it too. And now as they're watching this crop, well, what am I going to plant next year? And, and I think you're highlighting even more detail about the, the complexity of that decision of what corn to plant, when to plant it, how to treat it, how to fertilize it, how to grow it, when to chop it. It is, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making sure you have uh, the, the best and, uh, crop and, and strongest cow, uh, cow feed and, and, and something that, that really turns into milk ultimately at the end of the day. That proof is in the pudding there. You're right. Bottom line is you have to do your homework. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, when I meet with an agronomist or a field man that's trying to sell me, you know, first thing I'm going to ask for is, okay, do you have any data? Do you have any reports Hmm. on tonnage? Do you have the test results? And then I want to see those test results. And then I want to see the repeatability of those test results. And, uh, you know, is it just one farm? Okay, where was that farm located? Was it in the river bottom? Was it on high ground? Because yep. that's a, that makes a big difference. And then how many day, uh, you know, the, the growing, the, I can't think of the right and term. Th- right Data now. maturity, yeah. Data maturity, you know, and those are important factors. And when you talk about learning, um, in the past years, we've always kind of leaned towards staying to those 80-day uh, varieties. But what we're seeing now with these these uh, these summers becoming warmer and drier that uh, my, I personally think that we need to start pushing those days out a little bit further mm. because what I'm noticing is, is some of this corn is maturing way too quickly. Uh, take this year. we should I should have put in more 85, 90-day corn. Mm. Um, but that's a, some, that's a gamble too, right? Because you don't know how the weather is going to go. You don't know how dry it's going to be. And you don't know how much uh, of a weather window you're going to have to get that corn off. You go too long, your corn might, might not be mature by the time the field is a muck hole and you don't have a chance of getting the corn off. Exactly. That, that's why I've always leaned to the 80-day yeah. varieties because I want to be able to get in, get that stuff out before I have to try to mud it out of the field. Because yep. uh, particularly this, the, well, the last couple of years, we don't have any extra money. So, yep. it's a, you know, the, the margins are very fine and I'm going to make sure that yep. I want, you know, I can get that chopper in and out <laughs> as quickly as possible. John Vanderveen with us, independent nutritionist. So you've, I think, been explaining here how crucial some of the decisions are uh, right now being made as far as uh, when corn is taken in, how it's chopped, how it's put up, and, and then how important the decisions are in the spring uh, to what varieties 
and the timing and all that stuff are to to how animals are fed and the, the milk that's produced and again it's that much more important as you just mentioned the market is brutal right now how, how are you guys hanging on over there i mean you you i guess kind of almost experience a double whammy right now with the the berry market is is struggling so badly too i know talking with landon van dyke earlier this summer they're going through it over there it's like man it makes all of your decisions pretty uh high stress and and high stakes yeah you know i've, I've been at this for a while and uh i will say this has probably been the toughest because uh we're going on well it's been four years the dairy yep um and uh you know we don't know how much longer we're going to be able to keep going that that's the big question because if it stays down to where they're predicting where class three milk is around 16 bucks um i don't know i mean you because yeah. all we're doing to stay ahead of this game is we're barring against our equity and pretty soon is that that's gonna run out and we kind of you know we operate a lot on faith and uh mm -hmm. moving forward and at the same time you know i watch fundamentals i look at what's going on you look at all the dairies that are leaving wisconsin you look at on the east coast and you hear about dairy processors shutting down it's got to start having an impact but what uh, the thing that, that doesn't give me a lot of hope is, you know, like right now we're sitting on more heifers than what we want to, mm -hmm. what we should, but to go out and sell them, there, there's no market. And yeah. uh, what I keep hearing from uh, the cattle dealers is there's just too many heifers out there. And that's because of sex semen. So, mm -hmm. you know, until yeah. we can get those cow numbers down, um, you know, I'm not sure what's going to turn around. I, I do. I really believe that if we can get this tariff thing taken care of that's going to make a big difference because look at last year last year i think europe was up five percent we were up what three percent and we were you know knocking on the door 17 dollar milk yep well look at where we're at now i think production is down you're talking about drought in europe um and we're down you know under 16 bucks you know from with our class four factored in uh this thing has got to turn around and i think we all believe the guys that are still daring believe that you know, it's just a matter of time. And, and at some point, this when it turns, I think it could turn around in a big way. Well, that's what we're all hoping for at this point. And, and really, the future, not just of each individual farm and, and not even just of dairy, but of the entire uh, farming community and family farming here in Whatcom County uh, hangs in the balance with this. Uh, because if dairy, you know, if this continues on, as you say, like they're predicting, possibly could go on and on and on for a long time. We start losing dairies. We start losing a lot here uh, in our in our local farming community, uh, as far as support industries and all the jobs and all the people that are tied to all of that. So we're all uh, we've all got our fingers crossed. We're all saying our prayers for something to turn around here. John Vanderveen, uh, T.J. Veen Anchors Dairy. He's also a berry farmer, independent nutrition dairy nutritionist as well. Thanks for your time uh, checking in with us uh, on the program here this morning and, and kind of giving us the lowdown. The the view from from uh, boots on the ground level of what's happening right now it's been a pleasure dylan thank you